Hi, friends. This is Dick Flax, your monthly host here on Inside Isla Vista. And as often the case, I'm joined today by the intrepid Jonathan Abood, who is the manager of the Community Service District here in Isla Vista. Thanks for having me, Dick. Uh, thanks for being here, despite your um, little aches and pains from uh, being <laughs> vaccinated. Uh, and it's always good to have uh, this chance to talk with you. Um, what's the news from Isla Vista that you want to uh, foreground here? Yeah, well, there's a lot of news in, in Isla Vista generally. I mean, I'll say the first thing, uh, to just to start off, to get it you know, out of the way since it's a past event now, is um, you know, Deltopia 2021 right. was seemed like a very safe event. Um, we discussed it. We didn't really discuss it in our meeting yesterday, but some of our board members reported being out there. Um, I was out there. Uh, it was people seemed to be keeping to themselves. So there was worry about uh, super spreaders and, you know, the um, county's progress on COVID being ruined by Deltopia. But, you know, I, the community really uh, came together and did not, did not partake in unsafe behavior. And the IVCSD, what we did to help mitigate that was we, uh, it sounds really simple, um, we did a door hanger to every resident, to every residence in Isla Vista, uh, just, you know, on one side talking about Delta, like we didn't say Deltopia, but we said April 3rd, what to do, how to be safe, you know, what are the alternatives, um, you know, here's the ordinances in place. And then on the other side, and then we gave out some prizes to go get tested and do other things besides, you know, if you know, go, go on a hike with friends, things like that. Um. And then on the other side, we just had like a lot of information about signing up for vaccines and uh, testing and, you know, all, and just the updated good COVID behavior, like wear a mask, even if you've got your vaccine already. Um, so we did it in like good, you know, relatable messaging. I think one line in it was, like, you know, avoid large mass gatherings like the plague. Um, <laughs> it was good. You know, people, people re received it and, you know, we've tracked it by you know, a lot of traffic to our website. Uh, to our COVID pages, where we have information about how to how far how Isla Vista residents can sign up for the vaccine. So I guess that's a good transition <laughs> uh, from Deltopia to that. You know, Isla Vista is all eligible now for the most part. Everybody over 16, which is almost everybody here, uh, is eligible for the vaccine. And uh, IVCSD is doing a lot to put out information on that to get people signed up. And so. So is, is there, uh, are there vaccination sites in the community? Not yet, not yet. That's, um, some of our board members are very interested in that happening. Uh, so it, it's more of a issue of finding space and uh, having the county work it out. But that's something, you know, we, we are committed. It's actually one of our board goals uh, for the year is to do everything we can to help uh, get everybody vaccinated in Isla Vista. So. If if there if we were able to host a clinic uh, for vaccinations, we would. I think I you know I can't say that, but I, I would believe we would. But uh, it's more about finding a space, and UCSB has has been you know hosting the testing site. So my guess is just personal guess is you know that might hopefully can be turned into a vaccine clinic uh, in the future. Um, and I know you, I, 
I don't think UCSB is doing any on their campus at the moment, but um, yeah, I think, you know, there, there's an opportunity to do more, but our CSC's goal is to do everything we can to uh, get the community vaccinated. So there's options to do that, but people have been going down to the Hilton, no problem. Some even drove up to Lompoc um, or Santa Maria when those were available. So people here are eager to get vaccinated. So you think everyone knows how to, how to make the appointment? I mean, we're working on it. There's, there's different populations here. Um, for example, the homeless population is, um, you know, there, there's a di different agencies who are working on getting uh, them vaccinated. We've been putting out a lot of information um, to the, just to the general public, and it's been working pretty well. We haven't had any issues. And we've put it out, you know, how to sign up by phone and online, which are the two main ways to do it. Uh -huh. um, and yeah, we, we, we will keep doing more. Like, for example, we have a food distribution that goes out to mainly the Latino and Spanish speaking families in Isla Vista. We partner with the St. George Youth Center. Um, so that's like another channel that we have to get out, you know, information, which we need to translate in Spanish. So we have our different strategies to reach the different populations. Getting back to Deltopia, it just occurred to me to ask you to, in a couple of sentences, what, what where did this Deltopia come from? Do you know? I do know. <laughs> I actually do know. Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of myth around it too. And there's a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of hand wringing about things that happened 11 years ago. <laughs> uh, a long a long time ago right like it's even even in the grand scheme 11 years is a long time ago um but basically what happened was for the long for a for a period of time i don't know how long there's different claims for how long this period of time is but for a period of time uh isla vista residents um would do something that was similar to floatopia where you know around in spring quarter people would gather at the beach and get in floats and you know, partying the floats in the water near off of the, off Del Playa. Um, and that just kept growing until the, you know, mid to late 2000s when it became branded as Floatopia and Facebook became a thing. You know, Facebook didn't even exist until like 2005 or six. So after Facebook existed and this event became branded as Floatopia, it became huge. It like tens of thousands of people we're at the beach and floats compared to like maybe a couple thousand before or a couple hundred, uh, which still happens, you know, sometimes on a very nice uh, May Saturday, you'll see a couple, a hundred people and floats out there. Um, it's not unreasonable, but um, you know, it grew into this multi-thousand person event, like tens of thousands. And then that was an environmental disaster and very unsafe um, because it was just, a, it's a, it was an organic event. No one was hosting it. It was just, you know, word of mouth, uh, let's all go to the beach at the same time, like a, like a flash mob almost. Um, and then the county, you know, cracked down hard on that. I mean, at the same time, they're cracking down on Halloween. So um, Floatopia was like another thing to crack down on. And then uh, they, they cracked down on that by closing the beaches uh, for a period of time at the beginning of April of every year, they still close the beaches. I think the yesterday, as of yesterday, I saw the, you know, barricades still at the beach access point next to my apartment still up. I don't think they're actually closed anymore, but you know, they close them still every year for a period of time, including this year. Um, and that's, that was their way of preventing it. 
uh, and then the community protested that by hosting Deltopia, the 2010. I wasn't a student yet. I was actually here though, because I was here for Spring Insights. So I was on campus, uh -huh. um, but Del <laughs> yeah, I was here. Um, but Deltopia, I didn't know what Deltopia was or that was happening, just full disclosure, honestly. <laughs> um, but Deltopia was happening as a protest, you know, not as a crazy protest. Like, you know, it was just people were just partying. It was just like, you know, we're going to party now on, on Del Playa. That's that's legal uh, during the day. There's no noise ordinance or anything. I mean, but it was a very contained event. Um, you know, the, the, the outside world probably you know, thought like Flotech is canceled. Uh, because it was, there's no more beaches. So then that just grew. Then my first year was the second year of Deltopia. And it was a, I, I didn't really go. I just was there. I had, it was the day before the AS election. So I was busy, um, but that it, it, it was still small. I remember it wasn't that much. It was just like a busy day, um, but everyone who lived here. And then in 2012, uh, it became pretty big. It was really big, and, but still mostly local. And then 2013 was massive, like very large and lots of property damage. Um, and so, and very unsafe, lots of, just lots of, and there was, there was also like almost no police that day in 2013. There was no, the, no one knew what it was. It was still a very new thing. They thought Philotopia was over. Um, and then in 2014, obviously there was a riot. Yeah at the end of that and, and and was led up to with like a huge mishandling by the law enforcement of how to handle that event so and then that prompted the creation of the csd so the deltopia is um is you know part of our origin story yeah i mean i and so, uh, isla vista's history is so so shaped by these mass events that um, then lead people to as you yourself did how do we restore community, build it to be stronger than it is, uh, provide a different way of thinking about what Isla Vista can be, um, gets stimulated by these events. So right. maybe maybe the Deltopia tradition is sort of ended. I, I don't want to you know, speculate about it, but it sounds like the fact that there was no, you're, you're saying there was no real kickback to try to keep something happening um, might be a sign of that. So, yeah. so much for Deltopia. What's, uh, what else is uh, worth us knowing about right now? Yeah, so the big thing, the biggest, biggest thing that's happening in the Community Services District right now is uh, our budget process. So we, every year this happens, you know, it's happening everywhere. County Board of Supervisors doing their budget as well right now. Um, so we're setting our annual budget for 2021-2022 fiscal year. We raised over 900,000, almost a million dollars in utility taxes, um, aside from other funds we have, like grant funds from UCSB and just you know, other, other sources of revenue. So we total about like $1.3 million budget uh, for the CSD every year. And we, you know, a portion of that is, I don't wanna say locked in, but is already allocated to ongoing operations but it's a pretty small portion relative to other government agencies. So uh, every year our budget process is a really great opportunity for people to help really shape what the CSD spends money on uh, from the community's taxes. So want to really encourage everybody to participate in that process. And it is um, featured on our website 
uh, islavistacsd.ca.gov. Um, we have a section on community outreach and we're gonna have, uh, we have a survey open for people to take. It's, you know, the required questions are short and there's a lots of other questions that are optional to share as much as possible uh, on different topics. And then we're also having a town hall on April 28th at 5.30 on Zoom. So all the information for these are on our website and in our Instagram, actually, I live as a CSD on Instagram. Uh, we have a lot of information about the town hall and the survey on there. So uh, we also have prizes so people can take the survey and 50 will win a $25 DoorDash gift card. And then oh. <laughs> um, the first 25 people at the town hall will win a gift card as well. Uh, we, we got these gift cards from something else and they're kind of left over. And so, you know, we got them from the university as part of the Deltopia diversion incentive. So we were like, well, if we have some extra gift cards. Let's use them to get some more community engagement going. So it seems to be working. We've got all, like a ton of responses already uh, from, the, from the public and we just sent it out. But uh, people are really encouraged to go on our social media, Instagram page or on our um, website to get this information and join the town hall and fill out the survey. So uh, as, as has been said by what various wise people, a budget uh, discussion is really a discussion of values uh, and what the budget comes out to be is a, a really fundamental statement of values uh, more than more abstract value statements might be. So given that, what what are you what are the pr priority issues? What are the what are the or are, are there conflicts or or uh, decision points that have to be come to grips with? Yeah, well, it's that's a great it, it is very true, and we we definitely uh, follow that philosophy to set our budget, um, and that's what we did already. So I can say that first, you know, our big value is community engagement. So that's why most of our budget process is really focused on uh, getting the public to opine on what is what are the important issues, what, uh, what of our current services are good or bad, are they useful or not. Uh, we really, so that's, a big, that's our biggest value. One of our biggest values is for the community to have a say over the, um, over the money that they pay into, a, the, into the district. Um, but you know, our board obviously you know, is, the, is the group that makes the decisions on where the money is spent taking into that take that information into account and and others and other things so what i can share is that our finance committee had our first meeting to do that to start talking about what our values are uh in this budget and it's you know we're the the things we're grappling with are you know one is the community center um that has a potential you know to be very large or medium or small size of our budget like we could really invest a lot into the community center, like infrastructure wise or not. Um, you know, right now, what we had originally planned for this year before COVID was, you know, like $400,000 nearly into the community center between uh, maintenance and staff. And so that's, what it, you know, now that COVID is ongoing and almost over, but, you know, things have changed. Um, we need to, we're going to talk about that and see how that fits into the budget um, the same or differently or, uh, you know, more or less. So that's, that's, I think, one of the big points that we need to deal with. 
Um, another one is, you know, we've you know, coming back to community engagement is, you know, we've set our board goals already for the year and for the next five years. So that's what we're setting our budget around. And, you know, those are going to be on our website soon because we just approved them. Um, but, you know, reimagining public safety is another area where we um, have said, you know, we want to begin implementing new ideas as possible as we discover them and they're able to be implemented. Um, so that will be a factor of our budget process. Um, another is the Isla Vista Beautiful program, which our board uh, resoundedly supports. And um, in our goals, we want to expand it. And we, you know, one of the things we're researching is how we can uh, use power washing to clean some services, not on a regular basis, because, you know, that, that, but to, to target it. That's, that would be just an expansion um, that would have a cost attached. So that's something where we're, and we would maybe want to hire more employees um, to get the work experience. Those folks are usually um, experiencing homelessness or formerly homeless. So that, that's one program. Uh, the Compost Collective is like another brand new program. It actually just had its first annual review on Tuesday. Um, we service 96 households right now, and we want to expand that to 150 and also have uh, permanent staff since it's entirely student run right now. You know, some people are graduating and there's a lot of transition. So that's another decision point that we've discussed is, is that you know, that's, a, that's a financial commitment. We had originally taken on this program to be entirely grant funded. Now uh, we, we will need to put skin in the game as a decision. So there, there's several things that we're discussing. There's a lot that's, um, on the table or just, you know, that's being discussed. Uh, infrastructure, you know, lighting, uh, we've always set aside funds for that. Um, we have our STEP grant coming up next year, which is the uh, transportation, clean mobility, uh, community engagement and research process that's gonna happen. And uh, we've also talked about, uh, that's $200,000 of our budget that's being added on. I didn't mention at the beginning, but you know, how would we want to do other things to help um, make that happen? Um, one other, we're, we're introducing a new staff member into our team, a full-time staff person based on community engagement. So that's another budget change, you know, another full, third full-time staff. So there's a lot, I think I can mention one more, um, which is, Actually, I might have lost my thought there, but th there's a lot going on at the CSD right now in terms of what we're deciding for our budget and how we move forward and grow and, and expand and how we can serve the public. So so can we focus in on that, what you just remarked about a third staff member? Uh, what, what would be the function of that particular role? Yeah, well, you know, I'm supposed to finalize the job description later today, so I can maybe tell you better later, but... Um, the job is a community organizer slash a community engagement person slash a public information officer, kind of like all three wrapped into one. The, their, this person's job would be to you know, maintain all our communications, like our social media, our email lists, our relationship with uh, you know, other organizations that can help us get information out. They would be helping organize our, you know, with, right now it's we have our interns doing our running our community engagement system in terms of making sure we have you know people aware of our budget process happening but then this person would be you know doing that on a long-term basis 
Um, they would be handling our press releases. Uh, that's something that's been a priority of our board that we just don't have a lot of time to do a better job on. So they would take that on as a regular task. Um, it would just make us into, you know, that's one of the issues that, uh, oh, maintain our website and make our website, you know, stellar um, would be another thing to make it a real hub for um, a better hub. I mean, it is, we've already, that's what it's been becoming, but to make it the best possible version of itself, of a hub of information in Isla Vista. So um, this, this, it's going to be a major job and it's been a, one of the criticisms of the district from our board members and from the public that uh, we don't do enough to promote what we do. And, uh-huh. uh, and I, I mean, we do, we do community engagement. We do try to get people to engage with our, um, and give us as much feedback as possible, but we don't promote what we do. It's, it's kind of a uh-huh. little different. Um, and so really they would be doing that, having a newsletter for the district, just all these things to help us uh, maintain a connection and you know communication with the community. That sounds really good. So I hope you find the right person who can fill that kind of role. Sounds like special yeah. skills are needed. It, yeah. yeah. But we're imagining it as a high level role for the CSD. So um, yeah. it's, we're not, we're, it's, it's something that we really are hoping we're, we're, it's going to have a, a compensation in line with that. And that's another thing that we're doing is we're actually right now totally reviewing our pay and benefits system which uh-huh. we don't have one. <laughs> we don't have, right. we're creating one. Uh, so we're benchmarking our salaries. We're trying to figure out like, you know, what should my salary be? What should the assistant general manager's range salary be? What should, um, you know, this position, what should its salary be? And then also this, our benefits. So that's a, that's a long, it's been a long couple months deciding all that. And we're almost, we're going to have a resolution on that soon. And that's a major part of our budget process as well as, you know, how much we pay people is a floor of our budget. We have to always incorporate. So uh, that, and that's, I think one of our board's philosophies there was, you know, we want to be able to compensate people so that we can retain them and have a quality staff, which, you know, our, our salaries right now are at 15th percentile of, of our comparable districts or, you know, it's not super comparable, but we are less than pretty much um, most any other comparable agency uh, by a huge margin, like a, some by half and some by um, 50% or 60%. So we are, uh, we are readjusting that. And I think we don't have any final numbers yet, but it's going to be a public process to do that, of course. But um, we're doing the research right now. So I wonder whether uh, the revenue that you have is going to increase if there's a, you know, major return of students to the campus, you know, uh, population growth likely to happen after the summer. Um, What do you think about that? Oh, our, maybe, I mean, our revenue has been growing this entire time. So, Uh, uh so it isn't, I, I, it could keep growing, I guess, but, um, I guess the there's not as much density, so yeah. maybe some resources will be used more. I mean, you know, our tax is all based on consumption of utilities. The more people use electricity, the more they use gas, the more they use yeah, well, water. Yeah, that's, that's that's what I'm getting yeah. at. So, yeah. But, so, but all the units, I would say, like almost all the households are pretty much occupied. Are actually occupied. Yeah. I yeah. I there's it's pretty normal population at this point, but I think 
maybe there could be a few roommates not there who could be added so they could take a couple more showers or something. So uh, uh, it's actually a backdoor way of asking more broadly what, what you know or think it's going to happen in terms of the, I mean, I, I, I don't know whether you even know what percentage of the actual student body is actually residing in, the, in Isla Vista and surrounding areas now. I mean, I assume that uh, large numbers of students are not here because they're not going to classes in person. But the, my understanding is that the fall will have closer to a normal in-person instruction procedure process going on. No, I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't think so. I think actually everybody who wants to be here is here. Everyone wants um, to be here. Yeah, but I think- Yeah, that, I mean, Isla Vista is limited though. Like yeah. there's 10,000 you know, people who live on campus who aren't here. That's what uh, I mean. Who, they, they would like to be here probably, but they're not. But um, you know, they're not part of our district, so. Right. So that's, yeah. But uh, the reason I'm asking is because uh, the university has failed to uh, fulfill its uh, plans for housing students and staff that uh, plans made 10 years ago. And right. the, the COVID period has been reduced that pressure on the surrounding housing market. But I have a feeling that we're gonna see a, a, a really crowding situation coming back, uh, you know, certainly after the summer. Uh, because I think the whole housing market of the region is tighter than it was. Surprise, you know, housing prices are going up. People want to move to Santa Barbara to work remotely. It's it's a it's a pretty unexpected, I would think, outcome of of this economic downturn and, <laughs> and resulting from COVID is that in fact we're headed for maybe a uh, remarkable boom, so to speak, locally. Uh, in terms of housing, but that, so I'm, I'm concerned with this personally. It's a, it's an issue that I've been involved with uh, uh, through a community coalition that has been uh, trying to hold the university accountable to its long range development plans, including the housing plan. So uh, uh, it is somewhat mysterious why uh, you know, the famous Munger project, which 5,000 rooms were supposed to be developed. I don't know whether that has anywhere closer to being final uh, now, but that would be a good example of what I'm talking about, a failure. Mm -hmm. so, anyway, I don't know if you want to comment on that, but- um, Yeah, no, I mean, I think, I think they, uh, no, you're right. Like there is going to be a crowding situation happening soon. Um, I think there will be an influx um, and, and the housing market. I mean, you know, we're doing our budget survey and one of the questions is on housing and, you know, every, every response on that so far, I think is uh, the housing market here is horrible. I mean, yeah. that's still a feeling that's still the, even during COVID that's yeah. still the top of mind. Even when we ask the general question, what's an important issue to you? Housing comes up a lot. So um it's and it's something you know where we're restricted and we've discussed we're frustrated about being restricted and acting um in some ways on housing maybe not in others but uh 
you know, that's why that's one of the reasons, you know, the community is urging us, I think, to take up the planning issue is because of, you know, the climate change and because of housing. That's why I think there's a lot of community activism around planning in Isla Vista is because, it, you know, they recognize how that connects to, to the housing and climate change issues. Well, we're pretty much out of time, so we can't delve into that, but that might be a good topic uh, for the future is, is that very issue. Because uh, I do think that on the county level, they, they sort of in the past at least have, uh, in terms of zoning, uh, decided that Isla Vista is the place where they can just freely uh, zone for high density uh, rental type housing. Uh, not that it's actually being built, but it's part of the planning requirements of the county to zone for affordability. So where's the affordability? Well, in the abstract, it's Isla Vista, but that's absurd. Do you have a final word, Jonathan Abood? You know, again, participate in the budget process. Our website's islavistacsd.ca.gov. And so we really welcome everyone's participation. Thanks to Lisa Osborne for being our producer. Uh, I'm Dick Flax. Uh, I have my own program on KCSB, Culture of Protest, Thursday at 6 p.m. on 91.9 here at KCSB and on kcsb.org. So thanks for being here, and we'll be back again, I'm sure, sometime in the month of May. Take care.